Hello, Doug. Well, hello and happy September, Karen. Can you, Can believe, you believe it? it? <laughs> ah, buy me a beer, man. Thanks. What, you know, I, I'm telling you, I think this is this whole like pandemic thing has been so weird and it's completely fucked with my sense of time. Like, remember how March and April were so slow? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah it a, a lifetime ago. Yeah, and like the, the months were not like one week felt like seven. Yeah. And we were it, just dying. It was exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And now yeah. I feel like what happened to summer? I feel like everyone is in that boat. And I don't even think it's because, I mean, I guess maybe because things kind of got back to normal, but things are definitely not back to normal, back to normal. But I also think we just uh, adjusted to the new normal. I guess so, because it just was like, I was like, holy shit, where did my summer go? Like, I can't believe it's September 1st, you know? And it's getting kind of chilly up here. Yeah, it's it, well, it was um, unseasonably cool today. We'll oh, was it really? I mean, like 75, but not in, usually it's now hot through the end of October, but it wasn't, it was nice today. Yeah, we get, we get like this weird sort of like, and we have this weird August dip where towards the end of August, it gets kind of chilly. And then as we go into September, it'll get warm again. And then by the end of September, we're pretty much, you can't go to the beach anymore. You'll freeze. Mm. Yeah. So you guys seem to, New York seems to stay um, warmer down for, for longer. Oh, yeah. and, it gets warmer sense. earlier, yeah. So, yeah. So we're we're getting into fall. Fall is here, and actually, we are in the sweeps month, the November sweeps month already in our Melrosing. Oh, you would have never known that from this. <laughs> you sure would not have for this episode. I mean, I, again, I you know honestly, after season four, anything is fantastic. Um, but but this this I felt like. It wasn't. It was riding the coattails of the of the uh, the five that came before it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so we're at season five, episode six, Jane's addiction. Um, God, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, should we oh, just? Okay, yeah, let's begin where the episode picks up, okay. which is pretty much where we left off. Can I just say, with this cold open and and a couple of points. I felt like I missed something. Like you probably didn't. I, I would not blame yourself, but but explain. Okay, so w- with the cold open, Billy is walking Sam back to Jane's apartment, which I guess is also Sam's apartment, um, and they're having this conversation about like Jake being violent and like what the hell happened last episode? Because I was like what is it what is it like the the brick went through the window and wasn't that the end no because don't you remember jake and allison go to jane's jane pretends she's been taking a shower and that's her alibi so jake is convinced billy is the one that's been terrorizing them jake waits for billy to come home and billy and sam arrive together from their date and jake attacks billy Oh, see, I completely forgot that, and I thought we ended with the brick through the window. I don't know why I keep... I remember the last time we talked about this now, too, blocking that ending out and just thinking the brick went through the window. I don't know why I can't absorb that. Because you don't like it. Okay, that's probably why. Because I was just watching this, like, going, I don't understand what happened. What did I miss? Yeah, just selective memory. Yeah, that's all. Um, I guess they're going in while Jane's going out. Um, was it morning or was it night? I can't remember. No, now. it was like 11 p.m. or something. Right. So, like, where the hell was Jane going? Well, we're about to find out where Jane is going. I know, but nobody questioned it. But, nobody was like, where no, are you going, Jane, no. at 11 o'clock at night? No. And doesn't she say something right before she leaves to Sam, like, I'll be back in a bit and we can talk then or something weird, but also kind of roommate-like? Yeah, I don't know. Well, well, at this point, like, I'm completely baffled by the Jake being violent thing, so I kind of missed the whole conversation. Well, you don't really miss much, but but yeah, Billy and Sam talk about how Jake was violent, because Jake attacked Billy. Um, and then Sam goes home to to her and Jane's place, and, and then Jane goes outside with a big old bag that happens to have a pair of scissors in it. Because who doesn't carry a giant pair of really sharp scissors in their bag all the time? Of course, I don't live in L.A., so maybe that's now, a thing. Allison's good luck. She has, like, 
prime curbside parking right in front of the entrance to Melrose Place. Allison's bad luck, Jane is about to take that pair of scissors, shout, bitch, Allison, and deflate all four tires with those scissors. Not one, but two. She starts hacking away at the tires. Stab, stab, stab. So I guess at this point, Jane has just completely gone off the gone off the edge. She's 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 in Kimberly land. Pretty pretty much. It's almost like they've just sort of swapped those identities around. Um, and you know, that's why the episode is called Jane's Addiction, which I guess we have to explain to some who are listening that 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 was the name of a popular group. In oh, the come 90s. on. Everybody knows that, don't they? I don't know what everyone knows. I don't know. I don't know. I know. I, I guess I'm making do. an assumption. Oh, my God. Um, oh my God. So, yeah. Nothing that Shocking was, was their big album. Yeah. And Been Caught Stealing was their biggest hit. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, oh, man. Uh, Ritual de lo Habitual. Yeah. I think it was on, that was on that album. Yeah. Okay. It was um, a really and- popular video. Perry Farrell, yeah. Perry Farrell was the lead singer, and he was kind of like wacky and great. And Dave Navarro was uh, guitar. Was Dave Navarro always guitar, or did he? I don't know if he was there in the beginning, but he I, was there for a part of their prime, at least. Yeah. Or what, do we have to explain who Dave Navarro is now? Oh my God, I don't know. But didn't Dave Navarro join the Red Hot Chili Peppers? If we have to describe that too, I need. I'm just gonna go to the old old lady's home now and just move in there. I'm not sure about the Chili Peppers. I will have to do some recon. Okay. Okay. Um. Oh yeah, and Farrell's side group was Porno for Pyros. I oh, yeah. Yeah. Band. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that band. Oh, okay. So anyway, um. Yeah, they have a lot of great songs, which I'm like for getting them all right now but i really dug them when i was a kid yeah no they were big and they people would have remembered them when this song was out no excuse me when this episode used the title absolutely Um, this was kind of in their height right 90 well maybe towards the tail end of like when they were really big it was probably a little bit after but but close enough yeah anyway Anyway, so Jane has now slashed Allison's tires. And I have in my notes, wait, let me find it. Oh my God, how could we forget Jane's Addiction? They were the ones that founded Lollapalooza. Duh. Did they found it? I believe they did, yes. Alone? I believe it was uh, was Perry Farrell's idea. I didn't remember that. Yeah, I believe believe they were the ones that came up with the first Lollapalooza. It was their brainchild. So last time we gave you the Bechdel test, and now we're giving you Lollapalooza history. I know. Look at. That what? was a really popular rock concert tour, by the way. Oh, God. Oh, my God. They have to know what Lollapalooza is. Whoever's listening, can you let us know if this is new information to you or if you already knew all this? Please. They, they please, have please. to know. Only people of a certain age listen to this podcast. We're vintage. We should do some sort of census and find out. Um, okay, anyway. So the, what I have in my notes is of Jane. I have written, I am tired of this. I know, already. This, this is but, I, but I also see that I have five paragraphs of notes left for that storyline. So <laughs> got to wake myself up for, for the Jane fun. <laughs> You're tired of it, but you have a lot more to say. So um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. This this is kind of like, okay, I think it's also a sort of exhaustion being carried over from last season where we had Jane going, like having this weird relationship with Richard and and the her losing her being paralyzed and the, the drugs that Sid slipped her and then the explosion and Richard like I like Jane just has been like way too much and then Richard raping her and like now I just feel like we need to like give Jane a break and the writers just aren't doing that yeah even if Jane wasn't fun she was part of storylines that were fun and these have been either heavy or or just kind of depleting unfun yeah, and so, and you would think like after everything that had happened with Richard and like what they were able to do and what they got away with and you know like you would think that she would kind of simmer down and not turn into like the psycho ex-girlfriend. 
well, you would think that, but then none of these people would have a story. Yeah. So, anyway. Where um, oh, the next morning, it's first Billy knocks on Jake's apartment, which is now Jake and Allison's apartment. Um, he's, he wants an explanation from Jake. Neither one really believes the other, but... But Allison tells Jake to back down. Um, and they sort of, Jake and Billy sort of reach like a detente. They're just sort of going to go their own way. Um, and Jane is walking right by Jake and uh, Billy fighting. And so Allison is like, I have to go to shooters, so I'll leave and walk out with Jane. And it's Jane who, once they exit Melrose, uh, points out that all Allison's tires have been slashed. Yes, and then she actually offers to um, give Allison a ride to work. Well, no. Allison asks Jane if she can give her a ride to D&D. D&D, sorry. D&D. Right, because she is going to confront Billy about the terrible thing he did. Right. So, Allison shows... Billy had essentially just left right before Allison told Jake she was going to walk out with Jane. So, he's, I guess, already set up at D&D. Still in his cube, despite the fact that, like, he's become their big, big breadwinner in the last... Uh, misbegotten year. But whatever. Allison catches up to him, and he's like, it's Jane. Look, she called me over to try and make you guys jealous. She, He basically lays out all the reasons that, like, it has to be Jane, and that she should just be careful. Yeah, and, and Allison's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, she just goes from, like, it's all your fault, Billy, to, oh, yeah, it is Jane. I see your yeah, point. Yeah, that, that makes sense, Billy. Okay, have a nice day. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then she's like, I'll talk to you later. Like, it was like, what? Like, she came there to sort of, like, you know, get mad at him and, and accuse him of, like, doing these terrible things and leave me and Jake alone. And then she's like, oh, yeah, it was Jane. Okay, I'll talk to you later then. Bye. It was very weird. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it, it was rather anticlimactic. Yeah. Um, but then Jane starts cock-blocking Billy, or... Yeah, cock-blocking Billy. It's not, she's not vagina-blocking Sam, necessarily. Uh, she's telling Sam at the store um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all about Billy's history, which I guess Billy has not shared. And it's funny because it's the true Melrose history as we have seen it play out. She talks about Billy and Allison standing him up at the altar, and she talks about how then he moved on with Brooke, and then how Allison married Haley, who was Brooke's dad, and how... Everybody died. Al Haley is dead. Um, And then Billy shows up and asks Sam to do another dinner date. And she goes, no. And Billy knows that Jane has to have said something to to Sam. And he's like, why don't you just try and move on and leave me out of all of this? And Jane is again like, no, Jake is the love of my life. And I have to get him back. And it's like, enough. Because Jane, you don't love Jake. You never did. You were barely together. So here's my question while that scene was going on was like, was this just a giant info dump to get new viewers up to so. speed? I think so. For those who weren't aware, yeah, I have to believe so. Because it was just so strange. Yeah. yeah, like it was just so like it was just so strange to sort of all of a sudden have all and it was like, wow, a lot has happened in five seasons. You know, like a real lot has happened in five seasons to Billy. Um, but then I was sort of feeling like this is a lot of information to pack into like two seconds and it's like a giant info dump. Why would they have done this? And I was like, did they get that many new viewers? Possibly. Well, possibly, but I don't think they would have known that by the time they had written this episode. But they would have had to have an expectation. And I'm wondering if bringing in the actors like Kelly Rutherford and, um, Lisa Renna and, um, Oh my God, Kyle! I'm forgetting his name. Uh, yeah, Rob Estes. Rob Estes. Like, I wonder if they thought bringing those guys in. Oh, and Mr. Baywatch, Craig. Um, bringing those guys in would have boosted their viewership some somehow. Was that well, the expectation? Do you think? Possibly. I mean, I think they were going to do an overhaul no matter what. Now they had a couple cast members to replace either way. Daphne Zuniga was gone, and Brooke was gone. Um, so that may have always been a plan of theirs anyway. There's always kind of some reshuffling that goes on cast-wise from season to season. You know, remember, like, Marsha Cross wasn't even a full-time player till last year. Mm -hmm. So there's always a little bit of that going on. 
eventually I think they thin out the herd for the final season or seasons. But, but yeah, it, I think they were trying to, I think they were trying to, and hoping that, you know, the daytime soaps do this all the time, at least once a week, where they have to really like repeat their history so that they can make sure everyone, whether they missed a week or a year or are new, is up to speed. Up, up to but speed. Also, if you have this history, like, wouldn't you mind it? Wouldn't you every now and then remind people of like, all the women Jake has been with, or, you well, know, we can't. these are all the times Allison fell off the wagon, like, something like that. I would. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I always think with Melrose Place, it's a little bit dangerous to do that, because they like to change the history so much. That's true, that's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, like, they'd be like, no, that's not what happened. <laughs> no, wait, that's not what happened. Because whoever's got the show Bible is not doing a good job keeping it updated. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure they are... Um, atheists in this writer's room there is yes. no bible there is no bible okay uh, moving on um so then jane turns up at shooters allison and jake are talking and kind of disagreeing about the situation going on with their unknown stalker um yeah and, and interestingly they're both bl like they're sort of like blaming each other's exes so like jane like right. like allison's pointing right. the finger at jane and and he's and Jake he, and refuses Jake's, to believe it isn't Billy. He yeah. still believes the best in Jane. And yeah. Alice is like, why would Billy lie? And that's when Jane shows up. I don't really know why. Uh, she orders like of like soda, like a soda on, on the rocks, like a, some virgin drink. Um, and then Allison and Jake excuse themselves to the office to basically continue the fight. So Jane just follows them and starts eavesdropping on the other side of the open door. Um, and just when you think that this is going to cause more friction between Jake and Allison, it actually pushes them in the other direction. Yeah. Um, and Jake says he loves her. And then Allison says she loves Jake. But at, by this point, um, Jane thinks that she has heard all she needs to hear. Um, and she thinks they're splitting up. And so she luckily for Allison misses that part. True. Yes. Because and basically then, like Allison says, Allison tells Jake, we need our, I think we need space. And Jane kind of walks away. Uh, yeah, smug. Jane here, Jane walks away thinking she, the damage is done. Yeah. 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 Um, which I guess doesn't quite make sense to me for what we're about to see. But before that, um, I'll just, let me just wedge in that Billy and Sam have a like a makeup brunch during the weekday. He or not a like a picnic. Yeah. Um. Uh. At that probably that same park where he and Amanda always used to go. Um. <laughs> and but I'm like really like a picnic in the middle of the workday and like with wine and everything. I couldn't get away. With I know, that. especially when like Billy's job is like in peril. Yeah. But. Yeah, we'll get to that too. Um, but she she says she'll give him another shot, um, and then eventually they have another dinner and it seems to go go well. And you know they kiss and you know she talks. I think after the dinner is when she says like she never thought she'd eat soft shell crab. And I'm like, aren't you from Maryland? This was that, like, that whole soft shell crab thing was so weird. And she's like, yeah, everyone thought I was so so crazy because I wouldn't eat it, but now I love it. And it's like, who cares? I mean, I guess it's just for her to talk and ramble on so he can shut her up and kiss her. I will say, Billy seems to be by now either a new version of himself or a much older version of himself. He's well-behaved. He is well-behaved. And he does seem to be genuine with Sam, who I know you don't like, but I do find her kind of endearing, except for the soft-shell crab thing. Um, I, I have slightly changed my take on Sam, which is she is kind of endearing. I think it's mostly, I think Brooke Langton is terrible. Like, I don't think there's a line reading that actually works from start to finish. Yeah. So that's why Billy looks like a great actor all of a yeah. sudden. Yeah, so what they did before was they brought in other men that were bad, like Patrick Muldoon and I think maybe David Chauvet, so that Andrew Shue might look better. And I think now they're like, you know what? We need to give him a love interest was also played by someone not very good and then he can really shine <laughs> shine but they did not find a very talented actress for the love interest but i feel like he's definitely been doing better and maybe <laughs> that's why, yeah, maybe why. <laughs> oh andrew shoe um, 
So Jake and Allison are then walking in. I'm not sure what neighborhood. It doesn't look like it's right by shooters because it looks a bit more residential. This was, again, Um, another one of those sort of like scenes where you're like, where the hell did this come from? Well, that's what I was thinking, too, especially if Jane has left smug thinking that she has done the damage with um, Jake and Allison. They're walking and he can tell that they're being followed. Like he hears like a glass bottle on the floor, on the ground, and, and he's like, Allison, get into a cab, which, oddly enough, there's a cab on this cul-de-sac. But um, he puts <laughs> Allison... In this dark dark and desolate area of town, yeah, on a there is a taxi. Yet. Yeah, he puts Allison in the cab and, and very quickly finds and confronts Jane in, like, her black stalker gear. Um, so he knows it's her. And she remains obsessed, and basically he tells her to stop it. And she's like, no, never. <laughs> I, I won't stop till I have you, or something like that. Yeah. Um, and just when you think that's it for the episode, a cop comes to Jake and Allison's door and tells Jake that he's that there is a report that he has been stalking Jane. Yes, and so now Jane has uh, it has gotten a restraining, a restraining order. order against Jake, and they're supposed to stay, I don't know how many feet away, which is going to be really interesting That's in Melrose Place. From, yes, especially if she's still going to stop by shooters. Um, at which point I said, what I always say, Jake should move. <laughs> but you know what? Allison tried to move, and that didn't even yeah, work. Yeah, and that didn't so work either, exactly. There really is no, uh, it's almost like Groundhog Day, there's no escape. Yeah, and Allison, of course, is like yelling through the, like, over the cop's shoulder that Jane needs to get psychiatric help. Not right. wrong. Which is... Yes. And this this was our cliffy for the night for for the um for the episode 2. Yeah, there was another uh scene I thought was actually going to be if not our cliffhanger, at least just our final tag on the episode. We'll get to that storyline. And there's a little bit of Billy left, but I think Wait, was this because in my notes I have this is the last scene. No, it was. I just I thought there was something else that was going to be like Oh, you thought, like, I said, oh, this must be it for the episode. Yeah. No. But no, there was more, and it was this. And And it's not much. And Um, I I feel like this was the appropriate Cliffy. Correct. Okay. Um, What I said to Alyssa was that I don't know what storylines I love right now, but I don't really hate any of them except for the Jane stuff. But what I at least like is how Jake and Allison are bonding throughout it. I agree. Although for a minute in the office there, I thought that the bond was breaking. But it but it turned but out it to didn't. not be. Right? Yeah, but it did. Yes, but it it turned out to not be. So and it's so- backfiring for Jane because whatever havoc she thinks she's wreaking, it is still making Jallison stronger. Yes. Yes, it is. And and that has been good. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm trying to think, like, I don't necessarily hate any storylines. Oh, I, I do hate the Jane thing. Yeah, I, I hate, I'm sick of the Jane thing. I'm sick of Jane. Like, I just don't, I just feel like get over yourself. Yeah. You know, like, like, I kind of, like, want her, like, mooning for Michael again. Right. That's how I feel, too. Ooh, you know? I think we should. We should probably talk about Michael next, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, we can talk about this real quick. Um, if memory serves, this is episode six, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're, I think, like, I think we just have a couple more episodes of this particular Jane sanity. I mean, I'm just kind of, like, now at this point, though, I'm, like, kind of invested, and I'm very curious to see how they get her out of this. Like, they, I, like, I just feel like sometimes the writers, like, dig themselves into corners here. Like, they, they just kind of, like, back into these corners, and they can't, they, they, and I'm just, like, I just see that we are, like, in a corner, and well, I have no idea how we're going to get out of that. You know what I think happens is they back themselves into corners, and then they, like, take a piece of chalk and just draw a door and just walk through it. <laughs> okay, we move on. I know. So I'm just sort of, like, trying, like, wondering how ludicrous this is going to get to get her out of, like, stalker Jane mode. I may be wrong. I honestly think this one just kind of ends with a whimper and we move on. I'm kind of so not I surprised, may be but I, yeah. I may be wrong, but that's how, that's how I recall. Okay. Um, so yes, we will touch on Billy again briefly, but I mean, the Michael thing is, is 
real quick. He's, yeah. You know, he's jogging a lot on the beach now. Um, Kimberly still can't be intimate. She's mentioning her therapist. Again, we're not seeing her in therapy. I'm really not sure that there is a therapist. Um, but maybe they're just not showing us. They're not showing us much of anything. But Megan, again, uh, Kelly Rutherford, is again jogging alongside him at the beach. This time she gives him, um, I guess, her address. I don't know yeah. if it's also her number, but the, the house, the beach house that she's staying in. Um, you know, once again, I felt like I missed an episode with this. So we only, how many times did we see her in the last episode jogging past Michael? It was, it was only once. Just the one time, yeah. It was only once, right? Because all of a sudden she's jogging again, and it's like they've seen each other a million times, and she, like, hands over the address. And I'm like, wow, what I miss? I mean, I guess because of Kimberly's sort of like, oh, you, you know, your legs look great. You're running so much. It's like do, really doing something for your legs. Maybe that's our assumption that Michael's been running a lot and running into Kelly Rutherford a lot. Uh, yeah, I think the assumption is he has seen more of her than we have. Okay, okay. Um... But yeah, we only saw her that one time towards the end of the last episode. Okay, great. Okay, so she hands over her address and it says something like eight o'clock tonight or some, some right, shit like right. that. Yeah, so, so you know, the idea is, you know, Michael's not getting any home and we know how much like Michael likes to get something and so he's probably going to show up. And he does. And he does. But, um, but wait, mm-hmm. guys. Just like he basically goes through the door and they immediately start going at it. But he stops himself and he leaves. Yes. He said, well, first he admits he's married. He says, I'm married. And Kelly says, I don't care. And yeah. then they like stop, start pawing at each other. And then he stops and he says he can't. And he actually yeah. runs, out, runs out of the house and runs down the beach and leaves her. Half naked on her couch. That's right. Well, she started like two thirds naked in fairness. But yes. 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 Um... But then when, when do we see Michael next? Um, I think it's back at the, the office because Kimberly has said, he, Michael is asking her for information so we can call a patient back. And Kimberly says she already has. And he's like, Kimberly, you're not a doctor anymore. You can't do these things. And it's really because they're sublimating all these feelings. He's very frustrated. He's frustrated with her. He's frustrated that, that he didn't sleep with Megan probably. Um, and he tells her that he won't be home later, that he has other plans. Yes, um, because she's like, oh, let's watch a movie together. And he's like, that's a great idea. And then he's like, oh, wait, no, I can't. I think I have late rounds. I have to pick up rounds at the hospital. Right. And so my spidey sense went off. Uh, I bet Kimberly's did as well. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because the next thing you know, he's not at rounds. He's back at Megan's apartment. That's right. And this time or he house. does not stop himself. No. And when she, like, he, he almost doesn't go in. He sort of stands outside in the dark and then she catches him and says, I knew you'd be back. And he comes in and now he's not leaving. No, he's there now, to stay. Sorry. He is there to stay. Now that one I thought was going to be the cliffhanger. Didn't Me you? too. That's the one I thought. And they have like, you know, they're going at it for a while. The guitar is wailing like it often does. And it just seemed like this is our fade out scene. This is our fade out music. But we weren't quite done. No, we, we got um, But one. that is all we get of, of Michael and Kimberly. Now, I mean, it's really all of our major players are getting side stories this whole season. I'm not saying I'm not there for it, but I'm cognizant of the shift. Michael and Kimberly are in the periphery. You know, I think this Jane, Jake, Allison stuff, these are never A storylines, even when they begin and end the episode. Um, it's really, um, Amanda and Peter seems to be the focus no matter what, and only them. Yeah, um, which And is, which means Craig is already now a key player, even though he's a brand new arrival. Yeah, he, he really has become, unfortunately, because his acting is terrible, um, <laughs> you know, this sort of, like, he's really definitely now in great I guess it's kind of like Richard right like he's kind of like one day he's there and then he's like really there yes yeah right you know like he just shows up and all of a sudden he's like a main player and you're like wait what what how did this happen yeah 
Um, so I guess when we first see Amanda, it is at D&D this episode, right? Where Craig comes in with, uh, with coffee for her and it's wrong. I think so. Yeah, it's, I believe it's either right before or right after we see them at the opening of Kyle's. Uh, that Kyle's is later. Okay. Then yes, that's the yeah. first time he's, yeah. he's instantly annoying Amanda right when we see him. Right. So right. He, he said what did he get her? He got her like a latte with cinnamon or something. And she's like, no cinnamon. I mean, Amanda wouldn't be drinking this anyway. No. But yeah. No. And then, um, that's when, uh, what's that? What's the, what's his dad? Craig's dad's Arthur. name? Arthur. 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 Arthur comes in, walks right into Amanda's office, and basically says Craig needs to be in on the next pitch pitch meeting. And um, oh yeah, and he goes and he, no Craig has left at this point. Arthur right. comes in, and right, and he says, and he also wants to make sure not just that Craig is in the next pitch meeting, but that uh, he's been given over all of Billy's accounts. Yep, um, and Billy is not in the pitch meeting. Billy will no right. longer go to the pitch meetings. Yeah, yeah, and so basically Ar Arthur is sabotaging Billy's career. Um, and 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 giving his his son a leg up. Right. Um, also insults Amanda because he says he wants Craig to learn from the master, and then he says, or should I say, mistress? Which ugh, you scum. Yeah, that was gross. That was really gross. Um, and so Billy kind of walks in in the middle of this, um, and and he's like, Allison, I got to talk. Uh, Wait, not Alice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, I'm that I'm I'm conflating two storylines. It was because it happened at the same because we went from Craig and the pitch, the, the whole pitch meeting thing to like the camera spun around and then we had Allison and Billy. So that's what I, I screwed that up. Sorry. But doesn't Billy go in and maybe it was later where it's there's something that happens later. Oh, OK. Where he goes into Amanda's office and he's like, I need to talk to you. And she's like, not right now. You're not going to the pitch meeting. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. But I do, yeah, I do think that comes a bit later. Okay, all right, got it. So anyway. Um, so then, so we see Peter for the first time with Amanda, and that's at Kyle's open. Yes, we're at Kyle's place, yes. Um, which, but should be like a big event that has the whole cast there, really isn't. It's more about Kyle talking to Sid about buying that painting that Sam did. Um, and so, so Sid lies said she's the agent, that Sam is really a man named Samuel Kirov from Russia. From Russia, um, oh my God, so she it's can hilarious. get, like, a finder's commission yeah. uh, on this on this stupid-ass painting. She, she makes up this ridiculous backstory for Russian Samuel. Right. I mean, it's, it's which, hilarious. Which I am here for. Yeah, I am um, totally there for, yes. Yeah. And um, I think it's also at this party that Peter notices Taylor's pendant? Yes. Okay. Yes. And we should say, Amanda does not want to be there. Amanda is, yeah, eye-rolling from the very beginning. Yeah, yes. and she wants to know why they're there at all. And, you know, it was sort of interesting because I thought that they were getting the restaurant as an account at D&D. &D. I thought she was That's bringing that in. That's what I said in. to Alyssa. I was like, isn't she now repping it? Although... That's more PR, and what they do is advertising, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, but you'd still they, be at the opening. Oh, for, for sure. But yeah. either way, I mean, I thought it was established that Amanda kind of shot some daggers at Taylor, and then when they had that lunch, the two of them, that meant Amanda was going to take them on as a client. I'm not right. really sure what work they're doing or not. They're either there as neighbors or for work. But either way, they're there, and um, and and Peter is talking to Taylor, who Taylor like is really laying it on innuendo-wise. She's like, uh, she's like, oh yeah, this has been in my family for years. Uh, you know, they're inching us closer to whatever reveal she finally has, but we still don't get it yet. Yeah, because he's looking at the necklace and he's going, that looks really familiar. Someone I knew, you know, from somebody I knew a long time ago. It was all right. very dramatic. Right. Um, and, and Amanda is watching this from across the room and she, she does it. not look happy. No, if I were Amanda, I wouldn't be happy about any of this Peter shit from day one. No. And so, like, basically, like, she marches over there and she's like, are you done fawning over my husband to Taylor? It's really great. I really like how she just, like, this, really goes after her. This is, like, the Amanda from seasons one and two. This is when, the Amanda we love. When she's being a bitch, but it's earned because she's, like, the only adult in the group. Yes. And and she sees what's happening. Um, Taylor clearly 
is, you know, sees what's happening because she's doing it. And Peter has no yeah. idea. And Kyle is just like, Kyle is just like, where is Kyle? Kyle's in the kitchen talking to Sid. Yeah. <laughs> but he just, yeah, like, he, he has absolutely no, like, he's just, like, completely clueless over, like, Taylor's behavior with Peter, which I think is kind of obvious. It's, yeah, it's, it's really obvious. But Kyle has picked up on it before. Uh, like when Taylor is staring at Peter at the, I guess, Allison's going away party a couple of episodes ago. Um, but I guess, I think he'll see it again. What's more important right now is that all of a sudden, very quickly, a lot of distance has, has been built between Amanda and Peter. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and it's from both sides. Um, Taylor is relentless. The next day, Peter is swimming in the pool and then Taylor and says she's going to join him in there. He's already getting out by the time Taylor decides to join him, but Amanda is now on her way to work, and um, she sees the two of them there, and again, she kind of gives both of them the cold shoulder. Right, and she's uh, been, through this episode, she keeps harping on Peter to, like, get back to work. Do something. Do something. Like, stop, like, you know, she basically keeps sort of, like, insinuating that he's being a lazy layabout um, because he's not going to work. And Peter's like, well, you know, my I don't have any patients anymore. And she was like, go get them. And he was like, that's not how it works. Right. But but it probably does work like that in Melrose. Like, he probably could. I, you know, I would imagine. You know, quite frankly, Amanda should make him a client pro bono and advertise for Peter Burns. Exactly. And I mean, clearly Michael has work. Yeah, Michael has patience. He has patience, you know. I mean, I think Peter should go to the office more often. I'm I'm team I'm team Amanda still. I'm team Amanda here too. But I'm also, team. quite frankly, at the very least, Peter could go in and play receptionist. Kimberly doesn't have to do that. That is very true. That is very true. Um so So let's go back to the other stuff happening with Amanda and Craig and Billy, because it sort of ties into Peter. Okay. So Peter shows up at D&D. Um, I guess he's seen, like, the chicken scratch on the wall a little bit. He wants to take Amanda out to lunch. It's like a nice newlywed. Right, show. right, right. But Amanda is, like, career first, trying to get in front of this situation that's going on with Arthur and Craig. She doesn't really know ev everything. Like, she doesn't really know what she's in for, but she sort of knows that... Something's going to go south. Play, like, the chess pieces are trying to be realized. Yeah, and, um, and, and she knows it hinges on this, um, this pitch meeting. There's a pitch meeting coming up. Because this is the one where Arthur demands that Craig is is in on the pitch, and Craig actually stupidly, against his dad's wishes, wants to set, goes into Amanda's office and says he wants to try the pitch out on Amanda. Right. And the father has said no, don't do this. Yeah. Well, the father okay. and and basically they have the father has set Amanda up. So apparently this so, yeah. company is um, a longtime client, and they have a very old-fashioned um, campaign, ad campaign. It's, a, it's some wa like bottled water company. And because the owner of the company is very old-fashioned, and whenever they try and give him something new, he's like, no, 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 let's keep... The, the old way is working. And so Arthur has met with this guy beforehand and convinced him that they need to do something young and has basically already talked the guy into it, but gave Craig the pitch and said, this is what you need to pitch so you look like the hero. Right, so exactly. So Amanda will pitch the old school version. He won't want it. And then Craig can volunteer this new, and be the hero. Yes. Right, right. And so he basically goes and lays out this pitch for Amanda, his pitch. And the Gen X, they called Gen X the young crowd, I left out loud because yeah. we're not anymore. Um, and so, and basically, like, Amanda watched them, and Amanda's like, no, um, you keep your mouth shut at the pitch meeting because this is not going to go over well with the client. But you know those wheels are turning in her head. This tipped her off. This tipped her off that something is going to go down at that pitch meeting, and that is why she's so distracted from her marriage. Exactly. Also, and I'm not sure... It, it, I don't think it has happened yet. But so Amanda basically says, Peter, I can't do it today. Why don't we do it later in the week? He goes, fine. Can you write me in your 
scheduled for lunch on Thursday in Penn. Um, you know, he's annoyed with her. She's annoyed with the way he's acting socially. He's annoyed with the way she's acting career-wise. Um, and later on, I think that's when Amanda sees Billy by the elevator. And mm -hmm. she's like, Billy, you've been trying to tell me something. What is it? And they go into her office. Um, I don't know what it is that Billy knows that Amanda hasn't already been able to figure out and that we've seen Billy over here. Right, because the only thing that we know that Billy overheard was that they that they wanted to oust him. What did he hear exactly? It was like they were doing this to oust Amanda? This is going back last week when she was on her spontaneous honeymoon. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they said to oust Amanda, but it was to make her look bad. Billy didn't overhear any of the stuff they were saying that involved him, but he did overhear them saying stuff about something about her. It may have even been Craig moving into her office. I honestly don't remember specifically what they said. Because I, I thought they said that Billy, because Billy was going to tell Amanda about that later last episode. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's when she tells him she's taking away his accounts. And he's like, never mind. But I'm yeah. not really sure that that information comes as a surprise to Amanda at this point. Well, I think, I feel like there was something like, the, fa the father said something to his son about how Amanda's, um, you know, contract was ironclad and they couldn't, they couldn't get, they couldn't get rid of her this way. So they were going to get rid of her this other way. And I feel like that might've been what Billy overheard, but I could be wrong. I honestly don't remember. I don't remember. And it was, I know it was only an episode ago. And I know so far as so that was two weeks ago, um, but I don't remember. But, but we also never see what Billy tells Amanda. Right. I don't, I don't, I think something was edited out along the way, um, because I don't think we need any of this Billy stuff here to get everything else that we have on the episode. But basically, what happens next is Amanda says that she's going to be home late because the pitch meeting isn't until 7 p.m., which doesn't really make sense. Why would yeah. it be? Um, and this was supposed to be the the, the in-pen dinner that she was going to have with Peter. And so she calls him to cancel um, or say she's going to be late. And he already sounds like he's rip-roaring drunk at this point. Yeah, he's just, I guess he's at home with a bottle of wine. I can't remember what he's drinking. Yeah, he's like drinking wine and cooking dinner. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm going to be late. Pitch meeting got pushed to seven. And he's not happy. Um, so, so, yeah, so back at the meeting... Amanda actually gives Craig the floor, and he doesn't take it. Because and that, yeah. and that's when she's able to deliver the pitch and land it successfully. Um, again, I'm not really sure that Billy said anything that would have changed her mind and allowed her to proceed. I just think she would have proceeded that way anyway. Um, but obviously, Arthur is pissed. Um, and he and Craig have a fight. I guess it's mainly to show that Craig has some sort of Achilles heel and he's not 100% loyal to his father. Right. So whatever whatever Arthur's agenda is, Craig is a bit more malleable. And I guess we're going to see more of that to come. Right. Right, right. Meanwhile, Peter is drunk. Now, I should also say what has happened in the meantime is when Kyle and Sid have been talking about oh. Sam's painting, he has even told Sid that he's not flirting with her, that he's married and loyal and there is nothing there. Um, in a way that is actually not too awkward, all things considered. Um, separately, Manda has by now told Peter to stop hanging out with the McBrides, um, but he goes to Kyle's anyway. Yes. And he's there till closing and they take a drunk Peter home uh, where Amanda has now been waiting for him. And surprise, surprise, she is pissed. And then she, like, shoves him and he falls right into the pool. Yeah. <laughs> pool saw a lot of action this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We ignored yeah. the pool for, for I feel, whole seasons on end. Yeah. And so yeah. Taylor, meanwhile, while, you know, Kyle and Taylor bring Peter home, he's drunk, and he and Amanda kind of, like, have words and then Taylor gets pushy, and she tells Amanda to leave Peter alone. And Amanda, and Amanda looks at her, and she says, you stay away from my husband. 
And then Peter tells Amanda to stop, and that's when she pushes him in the pool. And it was yeah. really great, and he really he deserved really it. He deserved to go in that pool. He does deserve it. Totally deserved to go in that pool. Um, we did not talk about Matt. Nope, I have that here. It's a small paragraph. Okay, go ahead. Um, so Matt admitted himself voluntarily at this Hathaway Rehab Center. So he's packing to leave because after his five seconds there, he has had it. He's um, decided he's cured. And uh, Greg Evigan comes there again, you know, the founder of the rehab center. Um, and he asks him not to leave, and Matt leaves anyway. But when he gets back to the hospital, he finds out that he has been suspended. Um, because someone has informed the mean attending, I guess is what she is, that he did indeed have a drug problem. Like, officially notify them, as opposed to, like, everyone just suspecting it, I guess. Right. So Matt assumes it has actually been Hathaway himself, and he goes to his home to confront him. And the guy's like, no, I say, like, I believe in trust and anonymity. It wasn't me. And they figure out that it was his dealer. Like, <laughs> I don't know exactly how it works, but he was caught, and so he told... On everyone else that he had been dealing to? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But basically, it wasn't the doctor. Right. But the doctor says he's going to work with Matt and help him find a way out. Then they, I felt like they had a knowing look at the end of their exchange. Um, knowing what? I don't know. Like, there was, like, a look that passed between them that I was wondering, oh, is this going to be Matt's next relationship? Oh, that's sort of knowing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, it is. Ah, okay. And I can't, I, I don't imagine that one takes long to take off. Okay, great. Um, uh, again, oh. uh, uh, you know, peanuts for Matt. And one more loose end, um, Sid, Sid the art dealer. Oh, with Sam, yeah. She does admit to Sam um, that she is trying to sell her painting to Kyle, or that Kyle is interested in the painting, and that she's made up this backstory of Samuel, the Russian artist, and um, at first Sam is very unhappy, and then and then Sid convinces her that why it's been, a gr why it's a great idea. Yeah, uh, and yeah, because Sam is stupid. Yeah, yeah, and there there was a very sort of JT Leroy thing going on there that I thought was kind of amusing. Yeah, yeah, probably giving the writers a bit more credit, but yeah. Yeah, I know, but um, but um, yeah. and I don't quite understand what like why you know like Sid already had the, the 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 appropriate lie I'm the man I'm the agent I'm the artist agent she didn't need to like keep going with the lie about right. you know um except that she said that like you know a, a well-adjusted girl from Maryland wasn't exactly an interesting artist but I was sort of like sitting there going but Sid you saw the painting yeah <laughs> What about that painting told you, like, communism and strikes? <laughs> like, what? You know, but okay. But um, flip it over. What about that painting appealed to anyone in the first place? Well, yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, so so Sam has now gone along with her, you know, Sam, Samuel, the, the Russian artist, that is her alter ego. Right. Um, and the only other note I have next to that paragraph is Brooke Langton is bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there you have it. There is our episode. So uh, listen, in I assume next week, um <laughs> I'm gonna wanna say more, but I'm waiting to watch in real time the, the current season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because Lisa Rinna has been acting very badly all year on this show. Um and it's actually almost making me <laughs> recast my view of Taylor in this season. So I want to see there's the season itself has ended, but they have their big season end reunion this week, this, this week and next week. Okay. Um, so I think I'm going to be coming in hot from that when we talk about Rena and also Taylor uh, for next week's recap. So, so when you say that up. she's been behaving badly, what has she been up to? Uh, it basically... The whole season revolves around Denise Richards, um, but they have all ganged up against her um, and have sort of been waving a secret around her in her face and bullying her to admit it. Um, and 
And it's made me, like, very strongly Team Denise Richards, which is something I never thought I would be before she was on the show. Um, but Rinna, and this has been her MO since she joined five seasons back, ha has been the one to, like, really, like, dig for dirt and, and like, constantly, like, push and push uh, uh, and push someone into a corner and that becomes like the main thread and only storyline as it were for the whole season of e each of the, her seasons on the show and it's happened to different people who typically leave by the end of that season um, and Alyssa tells me she thinks that Rinna completely changed the game and reshaped the way like these seasons are structured and what people contribute and how they go after or kind of take down people on the show but is it really Rena, or is it what the producers want her to do? Um, well, I don't think people were doing this on this show and on the other franchises of the Housewives until her. So I think maybe now that's what producers want, but I kind of think she introduced it. Okay. And maybe it may be better for... Alyssa to speak to that. So maybe in the next week or two, we bring her on to do that. Okay, that sounds good. I like that idea. But in the meantime, that's our trip to the block this week. I have to double check. I think the next episode to come was part of a double episode that aired the same night um, in real that, time on Fox. Is that because we're in sweeps? It, yeah, yeah. And, but it may have also been... I don't think it was like a, like a an anniversary episode, like the hundred and fiftieth or two hundredth or something. I'm inclined to think it's not that, um, but I think they are two distinct episodes with a clear break that aired back to back, as opposed okay. to a double episode. So we can still do like one hour. We can do one hour, one hour. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Cool. But anyway, we love you. Tell us how you're doing. Um, tell us if you remember Jane's addiction and give us five stars. That's all. Yeah, that's all. Just the, I mean, honestly, just the five stars. That'll be fine. Right, right. If you want to work backwards, just do the five stars. Yeah, yeah. like, we're good. We're yeah, easy. Yeah. That's right. We're easy. So we're going to go to Hollywood Boulevard where I've got shit to talk about. And it sounds like you have another unpopular opinion. We might even have another unpopular opinion. I'm not sure. You guys are not going to want to miss this. I'm on the fence about it, but we might indeed. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and push you over the fence. All right. Well, but cool. if any of you guys want to hear that, you're gonna have to follow us on over to the boulevard. So we'll see you over there. Till then, take care. Bye. Bye.